Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today is uh, Silent Saturday. It's the day after Jesus' crucifixion and burial. And basically not a lot is happening. Not much is happening in the Bible to discuss this. And it's just a quiet day. The Jews had their uh, day of preparation on Friday. And they're preparing for the Sabbath and for the Passover. And so it was just a day where not much is discussed about what happened. You can only assume what's going on with the disciples, despair, fear, various challenges that they're facing, disappointment. And uh, so before we get into it, into the reading today, and it's going to be different, um, let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the chance to relive, review, recount your sacrifice. Jesus' obedience to the cross to undergo torture for us and to be buried and tomorrow to be raised again. I'm so grateful for the plan that you had, for the way you had us in mind, that you loved us so much. And so, Lord, I just lift up this time. I pray for this reading. I pray our hearts and our minds would be open to you, that what you want us to hear, what you want us to know, and what you want us to take away from this, that you would be the one that we're focused on. Nobody else and nothing else. May we honor and glorify you today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I've told you before that I use the Bible by Olive Tree. It's an app. and Or Olive Tree, the Bible. I don't know how, how exactly it works. It's what it says. Um, but it's a great app. And one of their messages today that I received was Silent Saturday. And it's the discussion about what happens today in the Bible and what happens, you know, from various authors and experts' uh, summaries or surmising of it. So I don't normally read other, a lot of other people's uh, commentary or thoughts, but I thought today Silent Saturday was going, was really appropriate to just go through what they what they point out and what they have to say. I thought it was very relevant to today. And I know we are going to go through Acts 1 and 2, and we'll do that tomorrow. But um, today I just thought it was, you know, I was in my prayer time, and it's what I thought we should do. So with that, I'm just going to read their their commentary about, about Silent Saturday. The day after Jesus' crucifixion, the Saturday before Easter, is one of those interesting yet unrecorded days in biblical history. If you look at the Gospels, they each give about one verse to what was going on in the world of the Jews. They were resting. Whether it was due to traditional obligation or genuine obedience, the majority of people took this day off because of the Sabbath law. So you could kind of look at it also as potentially our Memorial Day, right? Or, you know, Veterans Day. Um, we should be honoring people, but most likely we're probably just 
finding some way to have fun with friends. So the scriptures that we're going to look at are Matthew um, 27. Then we're also going to read some of John 19. And finally, there will be some of Luke 23. This is going to be a kind of a combination of all of those. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. Many women were also there, looking on from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and had provided for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. After these sayings, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Now in other verses and chapters, it talks about Joseph is actually on the high council. He's a pretty powerful guy. And he had to be. If he's going to just like that same day, hey, I want to, have, I want to talk to Pilate. And he talks to Pilate, and Pilate agrees to do what he's asking. So Joseph's a pretty pretty uh, significant player in the Jewish world. He stepped up at this point in time. He decided to not be a silent witness any longer, but that he was going to, to step up and take care of Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. So you may remember from previous readings that Nicodemus came to Jesus to ask him questions. And Jesus met him where he was at, at night, so that none of the other Jews, because again, Nicodemus is a person who's involved in the leadership of the Jews. He's coming at night, so no one sees him. But he says, you know, at this point in time, hey, I'm going to go and step up. It's time for me not to be a silent witness any longer. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with, a, with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. On the Sabbath they all rested according to the commandment, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. So Saturday was basically a day of silence. There seems to be no movement, no advancement, no hope. But what screams out for all of our attention are all the teachable truths found in the moments before the Sabbath began. You see, Good Friday, though being the day of Jesus' death, is also known in Jewish tradition as the day of preparation. This was important because it was the last day for the Jews to collect their needed supplies before, t before taking the next day off. Think of the day before a big ice or snowstorm. Everyone is running around town stocking up their pantries and buying what needs to be bought. Rightly so, people are focusing on only one thing, prepping for the next day. So even though Jesus just died... The Jewish tradition demanded for the world to keep moving. This is why the Jews wanted to rush the removal of Jesus' body. They had things to do and people to see, and they definitely did not want his body on display during the Lord's day. 
But all while everyone, even the Lord's disciples, carried on their needed prep, two very unexpected people were boldly making their preparations, unexpected in that they were once closet believers. Yet in all four of the Gospels, the authors make sure to give credit to Joseph and Nicodemus for their care of Jesus' body. We know Nicodemus from a secret conversation with Jesus in John 3. But all that we know about Joseph is that he was a timid and fearful follower of Jesus who cared more about remaining safe from the Jews' disapproval than being a bold disciple. But here, both their silence and their fear seem to vanish. We see Joseph approaching Pilate to boldly ask for Jesus' body. Being a man of stature and influence, he was able to quickly receive this request. But think about this. If it wasn't for Joseph, the Lord's body would have been treated like that of a murderer, just thrown into a pile of corpses. But instead, Joseph is seen delicately removing Jesus, Jesus from his cross, cleaning off his bloody body, prepping it for burial, and carrying him to a nearby tomb, a tomb that Matthew states is Joseph's own property. He takes his day of preparation and boldly focuses it on his Lord. But he is not alone. Nicodemus also decides to make his adoration for Jesus known, bringing expensive spices to aid in the burial process. And together they wrap the body in linen clothes, according to Jewish tradition. This is such a beautiful yet messy picture. Here are two random men doing the difficult work that would normally have take, may take, normally take many skilled, skilled hands, but no one else was present to help. Yet it was because of their preparations and bold obedience that the Lord's body was also ready for the rest of the day, for the day of rest. The silence of Saturday, though seemingly despairing was given a ray of hope because of the complete change in heart that these men expressed. So, what was it that changed in the lives of these two? What brought them into such boldness? What enabled them to overcome their fears, their doubts, their selfish concerns? Honestly, I think that it was found in what Matthew records. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. At that exact moment of his death, as the assumed triumph of evil, something severe happens. The veil in the temple was torn. And for men who were leaders of the Jews, that would be a major event. You see, for years, the old covenant reigned. And in this system, a priest would go beyond the veil to make the sacrifice in the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant. Before Christ's death, no one but a priest could do the job. The separation of God and man was visibly seen when looking at the veil. Man is fallen and God is perfect. But in an instant, Christ, being the ultimate priest and sacrifice, died and the dividing wall was torn. This means that before Jesus' resurrection ever took place, there were already hints of his victory. His sacrifice took the separating and isolating power of sin and destroyed it. Where sin intimidates mankind, shames him in isolation, and binds him with fear, Jesus' work on the cross began an ultimate reversal. And we see this new freedom already at work in two men who were once known by their fear and isolation. 
Jesus' death gave them courage and boldness, not of themselves, but because sin and sin's effects were torn. Before glory was ever vividly displayed in the resurrection, Jesus was already working gloriously in the unseen. Peace at work. The Saturday before Easter teaches us that peace was already at work even though victory was not yet fully expressed. It reminds us that even in the silence, God is powerfully at work, and it calls us to live with the same level of boldness and obedience despite our inability to see what victory will soon come. And you know, there's times, and there's been times recently for me, where I didn't know what God wanted. There was the times when he told me, do this podcast. He was pretty, pretty bold and loud in that. He gave lots of examples and support and people telling me to do it. There was times when he was quiet though, and I didn't know. And I was like, dude, my life is challenged. I need some help. And I got silence and I got failure and I got concerned. But in that silence, as I grew and read through Isaiah with you, read through his teachings, there was comfort. And the comfort came from him and his words. Silence can be very powerful. It can be very disconcerting, but it can also be very comforting because it get, helps us focus on what's important. We all find ourselves in days like Saturday, where life seems mundane and Jesus seems far, where failure feels defining and hope appears obsolete. It is in these moments that we must realize that the separating power of sin has been demolished, that Jesus has already given us hints of what will soon become reality. He has already given us a, a foretaste of glory. Sunday will come, victory soon will be experienced. The, the prayer for this silent Saturday. Lord, thank you for Saturday. Thank you for the reminder that regardless of what I feel and what the world around me expresses, you are here. Thank you for already being at work, for giving me glimpses of your glory. I pray that I can live with boldness. Give me eyes to see what preparation you are calling me to make. And with courage, I step forward. It's in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. I hope your, your silent Saturday and all of your silent Saturdays are a blessing to you. Have a wonderful day and thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Take care.